Hey, podcast community, it's Eric, and I've got something exciting for all you online entrepreneurs out there. If you're looking to take your e-commerce store to the next level, you need to check out Aurora Repricer. With Aura, you can effortlessly reprice your Amazon inventory automatically. Ready to elevate your Amazon business? Head over to foxcitiesmm.com slash Aura. That's A-U-R-A to get started today. You're listening to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, your bi-weekly dose of true crime history in a small rural community of Wisconsin. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. I'm Eric. I'm Gavin. And we're back with another episode, and this one looks a little bit different because it looks like Gavin literally just has a news article, possibly, or it I, does not look like Gavin's normal notes. No, I don't remember where I ripped this out of. So... <laughs> I, I I ripped this out of somewhere, so uh, sorry to whoever it was that I ripped it out of. <laughs> I, I I can't even really take credit for this episode, but this <laughs> this are, this is an Eric episode. This is episode for Eric. So oh yeah, well, I wonder why it's an episode for Eric. Oh, it's kind of interesting. You'll, you'll see. All right. So what are we talking about? Uh, this is called the story of the flying saucer. Nice. Wait a minute, was this my idea? No. This wasn't, okay, because no. you said there wasn't a story there, so. No, this is not. <laughs> this is not. Actually, before, you, you don't you don't know where you got this story from, because I, that's one of the. It looks n- like I literally ripped it out of a book, and I, and I couldn't tell you what the book is <laughs> I ripped it out of. So just so you know, everybody, at the Kakana Public Library, there is a book missing a UFO story. Cur- yeah. courtesy of gavin yeah i don't i'm just kidding he actually it looks like he printed it out it of looks, the book no 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 i literally ripped it out of the book <laughs> Did you really? yeah yeah it looks like it's something to do with something with eagle river oh. i don't know i don't know well i, I destroyed an eagle river book, book. sorry <laughs> sorry eagle river lovers yeah <laughs> And Eagle River, again, not really Fox Cities at all. And so people were like, what the heck are you doing? But uh, for Eric's sake, I think this one's worth it. And I just want to add that that if the Fox Cities Murder and Mayhem podcast does not do the story of Eagle River, I'm, people can look and quote me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure there's not an Eagle River fo- murder and mayhem. So... So it's okay that we yeah. go out of our range every once in a while if we're telling yeah. a story that will never be told I try, anywhere I else. I try not to. Like the next one, I'm almost done putting together is Sheboygan. So like we'll be back in our, <laughs> in in our, our zone. In our zone, but whatever. So, okay. So this story, I originally had heard it um, at a presentation put on by Chad Lewis. Um, and Chad Lewis, for those who don't know, is a lead singer of Stained. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's Aaron Lewis. Is that Aaron Lewis? Oh, my bad. <laughs> so Chad Lewis is a is a Wisconsin-based author. I believe he lives in Eau Claire, and he researches paranormal, cryptids, so things like Bigfoot, um, and and other mysterious happenings in Wisconsin and Minnesota. Does he have a podcast? I don't know if he has a podcast. He but should. He, but he travels around extensively. Um, he, he, the library I work at, he comes through like once a year, and he, he has new stories every time. So, 
Very cool. Yeah, so I heard the story originally from him. But what I have here is the story of the flying saucer as told by the man himself who saw the flying saucer, Joe Simonton. So I am literally reading... The testimony of the man who saw the flying so, saucer. So, so is this is it? Was this his book, or it, did he just write like a chapter of the? This book is not. He, this is not Joe Simonton's book. This is just a section of a book in this book that he wrote. Yeah, for like the, the next section that of, that I ripped out <laughs> uh, is on the Civilian Conservation Corps, written by Ken Elliott. <laughs> and sorry, Ken Elliott, I'm not going to read your, your section, section. <laughs> but I will read Joe Simonton's section. And Joe Simonton is is quite dead, so I don't think he'll, he'll care, care that I'm doing this. <laughs> Are you ready? I am ready. I'm okay. waiting in suspense. In fact, okay this this is this is a great story. Okay, <laughs> I just I'm building it up here, people. This is a good story. My friends, this story is written by me, Joe Simonton. (laughs) Just as I saw it, land in my driveway at Eagle River, Wisconsin. I hope you believe this experience of mine, although that is up to you. I know if I could see you, talk to you, and tell you just how it happened, then I think you would see it just as I did. I think I am the first person on this earth who ever got anything from a UFO to show to the people that this saucer really was here. These pancakes I got from the three men in the flying saucer is my proof that it was really here. (laughs) And what more proof do I need? The analysis didn't really show what the cakes were made of. The Air Force sent me the analysis after the two months' time which they took for the job. I was informed it would take a week or ten days for the analysis, but instead it took two months. Then they, the Air Force, won't let me use the analysis for any sale or advertising. So that is why I can't print the analysis in this story. (laughs) I really believe this flying saucer was from outer space for these reasons. The men in the saucer resembled us here on Earth, but there was something a little different about their dress, their expression, and above all, their food. If they ate the pancakes like they gave me, their taste sure was different from mine. To me, these pancakes tasted like cardboard. (laughs) If you don't know what cardboard tastes like, just take a bite of it and see for yourself. All countries here on Earth have rations to carry with them for food when going in the field or on long trips. They don't cook their food as they go. I think that is enough reason to think they are from outer space. Wow. It was from. It was on the 18th of April, 1961, about 11 o'clock in the morning and a nice bright day. Just a very few white clouds in the sky and no wind. I was having lunch in my kitchen on that day. There used to be a jet line right over my house, day and night. They used to refuel over here, also day and night. So you see what kind of a noise I was used to. I heard this flying saucer coming in, but thinking it was just another jet, I didn't go out to see it. I used to go out when I heard a jet that sounded low, but I saw the same show every time, so I quit going out to see them. Well, I just went over to the kitchen sink with some dishes, and there it was, coming straight down like an elevator, and no noise that I could hear in the house. You can imagine my surprise to see this big thing floating down from nowhere. The first thing I thought was the roof was going off my house, but there was no wind, and my roof is green, and this thing was silver. So that idea was out. 
Then I hurried out of the house to see what was happening. As I had never read about UFOs, I never gave it a thought about flying saucers. If I had, I might have been a little skeptical about going out to see this thing. As I went out where it came down, a hatch was opening up in the upper half of this thing, which looked like two large soup bowls put together. There I saw a small man holding up a thing which looked like a water jug, and he made a motion like he wanted a drink. Well, I didn't know what to say or do, so I just took the jug and went to the basement and filled it with water. This small man didn't say anything to me or make a sound. In fact, he didn't even open his mouth. I suppose he had teeth, but I didn't see them. If he ate these pancakes, he sure had to have teeth. <laughs> I can say that much. He is really, really upset with how bad these pancakes are, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I tried to think what I should do while I was down in the basement for the water, but I didn't come up with an answer. So I thought, well, they wanted water, so I'll take it up to them and see what happens. As I took the water to the saucer, I saw the three men, and there were three control boards. One of the men was stationed at one of the control boards, and he didn't even look up at me. One man was cooking these pancakes. Hold, pause for a minute. Yeah. So, am I? is he in the aircraft with them right now? I don't know that he's in. I think maybe he can just see in because the door is open. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Sorry, well, it does say I'll take it up to them, see what happens. I took the water to the saucer. So maybe he's like on the Maybe walkway. he walked up at like the platform to get yeah. to him. <laughs> one of the men was stationed at one of the control boards, and he didn't even look up at me. One man was cooking these pancakes, which they gave me, and he didn't look up at all that I saw. So I handed the water up to the one man that had given me the jug. He took the jug of water, and as he did, I balanced myself with my left hand on the side of the flying saucer. Then I stepped back a few steps, and the man who took the water gave me a salute with the back of his hand. In return, I gave him our salute. Then why I did it, I'll never know, but I pointed to the man cooking at the grill-shaped thing and made a gesture like eating. What I meant was, are you eating? Thinking I could get a conversation from him. Instead, he just looked down at me and handed me four of these pancakes. Then he closed the hatch, and I could hear it click shut. At once, the saucer started to rise upward to about 20 feet straight up. Then it tilted to about 45 degrees upward and blasted off at a very high speed. In about two or three seconds, it was out of sight. The saucer was about 30 feet wide and about 12 feet high. The outside of the saucer was a very bright color. It seemed brighter than any chrome I had ever seen. Now, the saucer did not set on the ground as there was no print on the ground where it was. It just hovered there, and while it was hovering there, and when it raised up to 20 feet high, there was a sound like a large generator or electric motor. It didn't change its sound while it raised up to take off. Now, when it blasted off, there was no sign of any fire, smoke, vapor, or odor that I could see or smell. It just seemed like air. There was a jack pine tree right behind the saucer when it blasted off, and I thought the top was going out of this tree, but the top of this tree came back in place, and it is just as green today as it ever was. That shows that there wasn't any damage done by the blast of the saucer. Now, around the edge of the saucer, where the top and bottom came together, there was a depression ring, and in this ring there were large pipes, like exhaust pipes, about six to eight inches in size. What these pipes really were, I don't know. There were no windows or anything else to be seen on the outside of the saucer. But it was so bright, really beautiful. The inside was black, the color of wrought iron, a sort of a dull black. 
The control boards were about two feet high and four feet long. Around each control board and the grill, there was a board like a there was a board like a guard of about one and a half inch by two inches steel, I suppose to act as a guard. To these guards, there were fastened two cable-like pieces which hooked to the sides of the man there. It looked like stabilizing cables. I suppose they were to act as safety belts. The man at the control board and the man at the grill had these cables hooked at their sides. These men were dressed in black two-piece suits, which looked like jersey material, and it was about half-inch thick, no buttons or zippers or anything. The jacket was like a turtleneck, and the suit fit not too tightly and not too loose. I couldn't see their feet as they were below the hatch. Their cap fit real tight and came down almost to their ears and eyebrows. I couldn't see their hair, but they were either real smooth-shaven or they had no beard at all. They were about 5 feet tall and about 120 pounds and looked like they were Italian. <laughs> very nice looking. <laughs> really? Come yes. on. <laughs> yes. They were very nice looking fellows, about 25 to 30 years old. Each one was very well built in proportion to their size. The man who asked for water had a narrow white stripe on the sides of his trousers, and by that I suppose he was the officer on the saucer. Well, when the saucer left, I was standing there with the pancakes in my hand that were given to me by the saucer men and wondering what I had seen. It was then that I took a bite of one of the cakes. <laughs> and then they just started laughing because it's not food at all. <laughs> <laughs> they were still hot. It tasted like cardboard as near as I can tell you, so I didn't eat any more of the cakes. If I had been reading or hearing anything about flying saucers, I wouldn't have taken the chance as I did. As I think about it now, it scares me a little. But at the time of the landing and while it was there, I wasn't at all afraid. I try to live right, and I don't think there is much to be afraid of. These men were friendly to me, and I was friendly to them. If they should come back, I don't know if I would tell it to anyone or not. No one knows just what I have been through these last two months. I lost the first three weeks' work and two good plumbing jobs on account of this flying saucer. There were so many people here all the time that I couldn't get away to work, and I didn't take in one cent on this whole thing. I am a plumber and not a chicken farmer. <laughs> I keep some chickens mostly for my own use. Some papers say I am a chicken farmer, but I am not. I just want the people to know the truth. One thing more about the analysis. They told me that it would take a week or ten days to run the test, but I didn't get an answer back for two months. Then they said they could tell me everything that was in these pancakes, such as if there was flour, just what kind of flour it was, and where the grain was grown. But they didn't tell me any of that. That I would be happy to know, for I want to know what is in these cakes. After all, I ate a piece of one of these cakes. <laughs> this, my friends, is the story of the flying saucer as I saw it the day it landed in my driveway in Eagle River, Wisconsin, on the 18th of April, 1961. I do hope you can understand this story as I have written it. I am not a writer, as you can see, but I told the story in my own way, in my own writing, just the way it happened. Woo! And I will show you a picture of the man holding the pancake. So then he actually did... Yeah. <laughs> All right. So where to start with this one? I don't know. All right, so... So I immediately it's, was going it's to obviously do, this really happened. I, w I was going to immediately disprove this story 100% because he talks about all the planes that used to fly over his head. And I'm like, there is no way 
that Eagle River has an airport, but they do. You looked it up. <laughs> I looked it up, and they do have an airport. So, so that that went right out the window. So, I think Gavin probably. Well, where is where is Ki Sawyer? What do you mean Ki Sawyer? Where I mean, it's not Eagle River, but it's is that's up by like Marquette, right? I don't. What is Ki like? Is it K- was an Air Force base in Upper Michigan. Oh, I have no idea where that is. I was saying, like, but, maybe they flew over Eagle River. Yeah, and that's possible. But they do actually have an airport right in Eagle River, too, believe it or not. Okay. Which is crazy to me. But anyways, so that one went out the window. So I think you probably thought I would really get into this because I'm, I'm first of all, I want to make it very clear. I'm very skeptical of any of this stuff, but I find yeah. it fascinating because I feel like too many people believe this is real for there not to be some truth to it. Well, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the Appleton UFO Center is your favorite episode. Yes, it was because that I just never envisioned that there was something in Appleton like that. But so the Appleton UFO Center had like some sustainable story to it. This story just sounds nuts to me it doesn't sound real (laughs) at all but he has the pancakes (laughs) (laughs) yes and if you want if you want later this week i will bring in my alien pancakes too for you to try yeah please do because but but yeah this just doesn't sound believable to me at all there's first of all so it lands in his what backyard he goes and he walks out and he's he he goes onto the ship and gets a tour of the ship from the sounds of it, mm-hmm. and nobody else notices this happening. Well, Seagull River <laughs> might not be anybody for a mile around. Maybe, maybe nobody notices it. Take back off and go away. That's nah. just it, I don't know, man. This story just sounds way too out there for me. Okay, all right. So, what do you think of it, like? I don't even know where you stand on this stuff. I think you probably think this stuff is just dumb, right? Well, not believable at all. I do. I believe has happened. No, I do not. But it's weird because I don't. It's not whether I believe it happened or not. I don't believe it happened. Does this guy believe it happened? That's the, I would. That's think the that real question. You think you think he believes this? I don't know, man. Are you going to... Because I think that's the weird part. Like, either he believes this happened or he's lying, you know, to tell, to tell a good story. And it's definitely more interesting if he thinks this happened. Yes, and I think he probably does believe this happened. Yeah. And if I had to go off on a guess, this, he was kind of an eccentric guy, and I think maybe he had a dream. Yeah. And the dream was just so vivid that he actually believes it actually happened. Then where did the pancakes come from? That's a good point. That's a good <laughs> point, man. He's got alien pancakes. <laughs> now, the other thing, and maybe you can shed some light on this, but, uh-huh. but so if I remember at the beginning of the article, you said that he sent the pancakes to, to the, the Air, Air Force, Force yeah. to have them test it. Yeah. To figure out what was in the pancakes. Yes. Now, now, first of all, what possesses you to send them to the Air Force? I don't know. And second, would the Air Force even have an entity that like would test 
I don't know. Something for the substances it's comprised of. That seems like the absolute weirdest place to send it to. Now, I don't know enough about the Air Force. Maybe they they have like some special division that deals with inanimate unknown objects or something yeah. like that. <clears throat> but that one just seems weird to me. And then Yeah, I I don't know. I don't I don't know why he chose the Air Force. If he chose the Air Force. If he chose the Air Force. But yeah, I don't know if like the Air Force came in and they were like, hey, uh, we got to get those pancakes. (laughs) But but yeah, I don't know know that like if I needed to do like a a chemistry test on something that the Air Force is my first phone call. (laughs) I have a line in the like paranormal UFO type world and there's there's a line where where you cross onto the side where, okay, you're just delusional or something about what, what you saw. Yeah. Because if this really happened, more people would see it more. I mean, we would know about this. And so, yeah, unfortunately, you think I think they'd be going around selling magics to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, personally, I, this story just sides on the delusional side of me. Like, I won't tell you that everything that you hear about, this kind of thing is delusional, uh-huh. but this story certainly sounds delusional to me. Okay, because it, there's just it's it's too much. Okay, like, all right. But it was a I good. L- find. I let I let you down. It, it was, a, <laughs> yeah. It certainly is not as good of a story as the UFO story, unfortunately, or the UFO. No, was it the center? I don't. Th- I don't think it is either. Because I don't think it is either. But I still, I still love that this is the thing. That of all the people who have seen UFOs or or aliens, you know, who've claimed to, I, it's the only guy I know who claimed to have been served pancakes, yeah. which I, I think is which is just the greatest thing in the world. Like, like that's that's your proof of aliens is you got served pancakes. Which uh, which maybe this is something off air we'll have to research. We'll just do a Google and see is it common to get served pancakes by the alien aliens when you run into them. Uh yeah, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> because maybe I'll do a follow up on this one uh if there's something out there because you know maybe maybe there's some really cool documents of uh <laughs> From the Air Force or whoever, like investigating this. So maybe there's maybe there's maybe another you can part find of, out find out what really was in the pancakes. Yeah. So what's yeah, really? I would in- also like to know is is that is there any rational reason that you would send the pancake to the Air Force? I don't know because that just does also seems very strange to me. That seems like it would be handled by like I don't know NASA. Or something like that. Yeah, I, yeah. NASA definitely came to mind. Like, not not that they are necessarily like where I would send things to get analyzed, but that's definitely who I'm thinking when I have a UFO situation. situation. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like the Air Force isn't the one that jumps to my mind first. Like, yeah. I, I don't even know why you would go there. <laughs> you know, so, I don't know. So, well, yeah, I guess a little. That one's a little out there, but it was a good find. You know, like yeah. how many people are ever going to hear that story? And now you can, you can think about that every time you go to go and spend a day in Eagle River. Yeah, so like it's not like it's it's not like an unknown story. Like I said, I heard it from Chad Lewis, and 
Um, and it's apparently in this Eagle River book that I destroyed. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like the ten people that have this Eagle River book have seen it. Yeah, I mean, and it does sound like like after it happened, it was a pretty big deal because yeah, he did say I think at some point in your story he was talking about how he had lost a lot of work and stuff because of all the people showing up because yeah. this happened and stuff. So it must have been a pretty big deal when it happened. It just, I'm sorry, I'm gonna call. Um, delusional on it okay. not i'm not going with with there's any factualness to this story all right okay so, so but if somebody knows more about this story and can share like why i'm completely crazy that to not believe this story please reach out to us at milwaukee mafia gmail because i'd love to hear it i so, would i would too i'm i'm gonna look into this more i can't promise there's a follow-up it depends if i find anything but if i find anything there'll be a follow-up on this because yeah. i'm not i'm not ready to give up on the pancakes just yet <laughs> <laughs> kevin's like i really thought I, I think i have something with these pancakes i thought i had it i thought i thought this was gonna be a winner and maybe, and maybe you can like go to Eagle River and they have some sort of museum that has the pancakes on display. I would be shocked. <laughs> I would be shocked if the pancakes were not on display somewhere. Somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> so, road trip. Somebody somewhere has kept these pancakes. pancakes. So that's your first quest is to figure out where the pancakes are. Yeah. Um, if people like look this up, like if you look up like UFO pancake, you can probably find it. it. Like they don't look good. <laughs> they don't look good at all. So, <laughs> all right. So with that, we were we are going to wrap this episode up, put it away on the weird end of things, yeah. and um, yeah, we will. I, we will be back in two weeks with another episode. Um, depending on what the when this falls, there may be some reruns in there because we are taking the month of December off. I cannot remember if this is going to come out before or after that. Well, if so, it's after, then they've already heard the reruns. Yeah. So I guess, <laughs> I guess they're letting you know about the reruns. That's why we had reruns because we t- took a month off. Yeah. So, but anyways, we appreciate everybody's continued support of this podcast and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. Join us in two weeks for another exciting episode of Murder and Mayhem.